0: Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. He'll take it in. It's a
1: pick six and a touchdown. The New York Jets select Zach Wilson. Quarterback BYU. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn of the Jets podcast. I'm your host Will Parkinson at WillPa11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by second time guest on the uh, on the show. I've now been on Matt's show a couple times, Matt O'Leary. Um, You know, Just Jets podcast, Matt O'Leary, Patreon page, YouTube, TikTok, you can find them pretty much anywhere. Matt, how you doing today?
2: Doing pretty good, man. Thanks for having me back on.
1: Appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Um, obviously, we're recording this about four o'clock. This will drop right after we record. First day of camp is in the books. Um, let's start out with kind of yesterday and some of the news that kind of came out. Makai Becton comes back in shape, um, which I think we all were, were going to hope that was going to happen. Some of us thought he was in shape before. Others of us um, had been told he was not in shape and, and that he needed to get in shape. He spent the last 40 days at the facility. He came in day one ready to go uh, off the pub list. Uh, Carl Lawson as well, ready to go day one. George fan was activated this morning. We'll get to that. But um, what were your impressions when you saw Makai come back in uh, in shape, looking, you know, looking like the guy that we were all kind of hoping we were going to see?
2: I was floored. I was blown away by that picture that I'm sure everyone saw. Um, I was confident that he was going to be able to come in shape. And my stance all along was like, okay, I'm not going to worry about this guy until training camp. If he comes and he looks bad at the start of training camp or then he's not ready to go, that's when my concerns start is going to start to come in. But he looked phenomenal in the picture, obviously, that everyone saw. And the best part is, as you said, he was activated. So the mix of one, the work that he put in to get to that point, Uh, to be you know the the weight and the health that he is and then be activated like that's just such a home run for the Jets and obviously we find out today that he's going to be on the right side which I think most people expected but him coming back looking the part is the first step and we had that confirmed right away so I think everyone was excited for that for good reason.
1: Yeah at the end of the day look there was a lot made about Makai and I, I think it's in some ways a compliment to him that he matters that much that a tackle can be this big of a storyline. I, I think that that's not generally not a thing you're going into camp and we were talking, you know, it's all we want to talk about. The story was going to die as soon as he came back in, in shape, ready to go. Um, you know, the story maybe picks up again if Carl lost and starts beating him again, like last year, but the Jets need Makai. Makai needs the Jets to be all bought in on him. They were, they could have taken Iki Kwanu, which a lot of people, including myself thought they would. They didn't. That's a vote of confidence there. They've got a nutritionist. Everything is kind of trended towards get to camp in shape, healthy, ready to go. He did that. As you mentioned today, um, as as I've been talking about probably since January, I think it's best for the Jets to go George Fan left tackle, Mekhi Becton at right tackle. Becton's got some experience over there. Uh, George Fan obviously could play both, but I did feel like he looked a lot more comfortable and better on the left side. And now you get the dream right side everyone was talking about 12 months ago of, you know, Makai and Elijah Vera Tucker. Maybe it's not exactly how we planned it to, have, to happen and, and the timeline, but we still got that. Were you surprised at all that um, it kind of didn't even go into competition? I wasn't super surprised, but I thought, you know, we didn't need to get a day of it. The Jets kind of just squashed
2: that right away. Yeah. I, you know what, I was a little surprised that they squashed it. I don't think it's a bad thing that they squashed it either, but I thought they'd give it maybe, you know, the couple days uh, where they're going to give them both a little bit of reps. And then finally, you know, as we move along here in training camp, that they'd actually, you know, name someone, the official starter, but I think this is better because each of these guys, like they know the role now at this point, and they're going to go ahead and do their jobs. And, you know, like you said, it's not, it didn't really come as a surprise with how, uh well George Famp played at the position last year and Becton's played on the right side in the past in college so I think you know him moving over to that side should be fine and that run blocking duo that you're going to have on the right side of ABT and Makai Becton I think could be really really scary especially with Brees Hall running the ball I think you know open some lanes on that right side and you know pick up some yardage on early downs and that's going to set up your offense really nicely.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see how, to, when the pads come on, how these guys look. A lot of these, the offensive line, well, we won't hear a lot about Jermaine Johnson and Carl until the pads come back on. Uh, I believe first full padded practice will be Monday. A couple more helmets practices, probably shoulder pads, if not just helmets on Saturday. But let's kind of transition to, we'll transition to Denzel Mims quickly. Um, my stance is this, and then I want to get your reaction. Like, look, okay, I did my 53 man prediction, the start of camp. Obviously, this stuff is pending change. I know everyone's already all happy. I was wrong about DJ Montgomery, who's a sixth receiver. I just picked one of the five guys that could have been it. Um, But my stance is it's a win-win for the Jets, right? The only bad situation would have been Denzel looked awful and his value is not there, and he also can't contribute for the Jets. That's the only lose-lose. For them, Denzel Mims coming in looking great then that's awesome. Maybe he replaces Corey Davis next year and the Jets get their guy and they've got three receivers on a rookie contract and and you invest more in the defense, all these great things, right? Like he's a big body receiver or he plays really well in the preseason. The Jets feel he's a surplus asset and they move him for, you know, maybe a day two pick that they didn't really foresee coming based on his value from last year. Do you agree with me or disagree that like no matter what, this is a good thing for the Jets and like you shouldn't take this thing as anything but positive news going forward?
2: Yeah, a thousand percent. And, you know, for myself personally, I'm rooting for kind of like the first part you're mentioning, because I really liked Denzel a lot coming out of college. And I thought he showed some promise in his first year. And now obviously there's no defending last year. It was atrocious. It was just awful. And there's so many factors that went into it too. Um, But for him to come back and like you said, if he could even just be a role player this year, but show enough to where maybe you feel comfortable to move on from Corey Davis after this year, save some money and have those three young guys as your uh, trio at wide receiver, I think that'd be really cool. But at the same time, like, if they just don't foresee him being a part of this team long-term and you want to flip him now, but the value is, as you said, maybe a day two pick instead of a sixth or a seventh round pick, then that's, that's awesome. That's great. I think you can sign up for that. So, yeah, no matter how you slice it, him showing up, one, looking how he did. I thought he looks in phenomenal shape right now, too. And uh, looking good on day one is a great sign.
1: Yeah, got to get him off to a confident start. Look, like a lot of the stuff last year, I, I do think was more mental than anything. I think, you know, you looked at a lot of the stuff, a lot of the frustration from the staff and you know fans was kind of almost felt like he was running in in first gear all all year. Like it just never he could never get going. I know he had the COVID stuff, he had the stomach. Um, There's just a million things last year. Was it you know obviously an atrocity from from get from Jump Street. So um, outside of that, Zach Wilson seemed to have a good day today You know, first day of camp. Seemed to you know, for the most part, bring it, I believe, had one interception in the red zone. Uh, DJ Reed, you know, New Jets signing, made a nice play. Uh, but generally speaking, reaction to how Zach played today, but also just in general, um, your expectations for camp, like, is this what you're expecting kind of a day-over-day basis or you're expecting them to be, you know, 15 for 15 with, uh, you know, 5,000 yards in every drill?
2: Yeah, he's going to be, you know, MVP candidate after training camp. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I think it's going to, fluctuate he's still a really young player so i think there's gonna be some days where he looks really really good and i think for the most part today was a good day for him uh but then there's probably gonna be a couple days like it or not where he struggles a little bit and you know that's part of being a young player in this league you are kind of just hoping that the good days outweigh the bad and i think you know overall going into not only training camp but this year is just the consistency, getting the consistency down because we saw the flashes last year. And if more often than not, he's looking like the player that we saw against Tampa Bay or in the second half against Tennessee, then the Jets will be in really good shape this year. Um, but yeah, like I said, he's he's still a very young player. He doesn't have a full season of starts under his belt because of the injury. So uh, I think there's going to be some bumps along the way, but overall confident in him going forward.
1: Yeah, look, at the end of the day, he's got to just play well day over day, uh, build on each practice. There's got to be you know, is there going to be days where he struggles more than others and days where he looks better than others hundred percent, but um, especially day one install stuff, you know, going to year two, obviously a lot of the confident answers, a lot of the, you know, you, obviously the press conference he's going to play this year at 218 uh, played last year between 205 and 206. So, um, you know, obviously we, we saw the jump here. It's up to about 221, I believe in the off season. Um, 218 seems a little bit more appropriate for what he'd play at. He's not exactly, you know, built like the rock. So we'll, We'll see there. Um, I'd like to see him improve a bit in the Reds. I know he played well in the Red Zone last year, statistically, at the end of the year. Um, but so far, obviously, Red Zone's really tough to evaluate when they're not running the football. <laughs> but, um, you know, so far through, you know, mini camp and, um, you know, and stuff like that, that's where he struggled a little bit. So let's see what happens there. Um, a couple of other names that kind of popped up. I know you've talked about it a bunch. I wasn't really expecting Carl Lawson to be look this good um, in terms of just physically looking this good. I know he works his ass off and he's an incredible athlete and all this different stuff. The Achilles, you know, he didn't just like he ruptured his Achilles, you know, 11 months ago. Um, Were you surprised at all day one? He was on the practice field. Or was that another one of those things where it's like, you know, I could see it coming. Obviously, they're going to limit his reps early on.
2: Yeah, uh, I guess a little bit surprising just because I thought they'd kind of bring him back a little bit slowly and ramp him up maybe as they got closer to these preseason games but he's just and he's another one you just saw how he came in shape wise he's just a, he's a freak athlete man and I think um, even salad today said it like he wins with power so that should be able to get him back and ready to go. Uh, maybe a little bit earlier than they were expecting but I I can't wait to see him on the field because he really tore it up last year in training camp looked like he was going to be an absolute star and then gets hurt in the combined practice with Green Bay and that was such a wind out of the sails for this Jets defense so uh, he's another one who I'm extremely high on and had high hopes for him last year I bought his jersey and immediately got hurt so uh, just for my sake don't buy don't buy Jermaine's jersey this year
1: until he uh, um,
2: starts playing I've been, I've been banned from buying jerseys. Um, So I, I just, I want to see him on the field. And I think if he's back and, you know, healthy play 17 games, I think he has a real shot to finally break the streak of not having a double digit sack guy.
1: Yeah. No, look, at the end of the day, when it comes to Jermaine, I mean, when it comes to Carl, I I just would like to see him, you know, be able to play. (laughs) Like, I know it sounds like the bare minimum and they're paying him a lot of money, but look, he has, you know, it's not played in the game for the jet. I mean, I guess whatever he played in the, first preseason game so yes take that with a grain of salt um
0: you're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads go to lipsandads.com now that's libsyn com. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads, go to lips Now that's L I B S Y N ads.com.
1: A couple of the guys I want to get your opinion on, um, just cause we'll, we'll keep this one, you know, pretty quick. We'll be doing a ton of pauses. I'm sure you're going to be doing, I've already put out a video and all that. So, uh, free safety position, <clears throat> There's a couple of different guys kind of vying for that spot. The coaching staff seems to really like Jason Pinnock and Ashton Davis. I know Marcus Joyner talked to a couple of the coaches on the DB room over the offseason. You know, he's this ultimate leader and they love him a lot, but he hasn't really played again. He's another guy that on paper sounds great. Can he actually play at all, let alone 17 games? Jason Pinnock, I did not foresee being a guy that we talked about at all. And You know, I, I just... He wasn't, frankly, on my draft board. I know I've talked to a couple of people that they weren't on his top 250, didn't look good at corner, and then moves to safety and actually looked pretty good last year. And then Ashton Davis caused some turnovers, but the run game was brutal. Who do you expect to win that job? And are you at all surprised, I guess, that Jason Pinnock's kind of in this situation where, like, now he might be a pretty solid safety long-term when he was drafted as a corner?
2: Yeah, uh, Pinnock was definitely a little bit surprising for me, even when, you know, last year on a small sample size, they had him placing a little bit. And I thought he looked OK, um, but it's so hard for me to sit here right now and take a guess. I, I would think if healthy Lamarcus, Lamarcus Joyner is going to have the edge here, but the guy really hasn't played a lot in the last two years. So, like, I, I don't know how much we could really, really rely on that. And between pinnock and Davis, I of the two, I'd be rooting for Pinnock, I think, just because with Ashton Davis, for me, he's a great athlete, right? No one's gonna ever deny that at the track star at Cal, but I don't know if the football IQ is necessarily there yet. Uh, because there's too many times where I feel like the the route he takes to the football, especially in the run game, it's like he takes these really weird angles. Um, and it, it's I, I think that would be a liability to have him be a regular on this defense. So um, I'm probably most confident in Joyner as the veteran there. But then beyond that, Pinnock, who maybe, honestly, I think in a perfect world, they'd probably like Joyner to start this year and then maybe Pinnock take over next year in that role. Um, but yeah, it, it, um, he turns the football over or he creates turnovers. He had a couple picks last year, but I don't think he's consistent enough to start for this team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the safety room look, and unless something happens, the, the four safeties that are pretty much locked in to make the roster, unless something again, happens in the injury basis to be Pinnock, um, Davis, Joyner, and, and Jordan Whitehead. Look, um, if Ashton Davis and, and Quincy Williams could balance out the highs and lows, the Jet, this Jets defense ceiling is going to be a lot higher. I just, um, I do hope from a, you know, Davis perspective, Mims, Beckton, um, obviously Bryce Hall has played, you know, quite a bit. Can they get some stuff from this 2020 class? Because all of a sudden this roster looks very different, right? If you now, if they put together three really good draft class in a row, the excuses are kind of out the window. Um, you've put together, you know, quite a quite a solid young roster. I was saying before, I'm not sure that they've had this much talent on the offensive side of the ball in at least half a decade, just on paper. Again, people have to, you know, perform, but all those guys pretty much are pretty young outside of, you know, Lincoln, and, you know, Lincoln Tomlinson and Corey Davis and pretty much everybody else, like 20, 23, 24, younger. Um, last two guys here, or last two, I guess, you know, things to mention, the Jets kickers went eight of eight today. Um, I'm not kidding when I tell you that's probably the biggest thing that happened today. The Jets kicking game has been awful for a really long time. I know we, I think it was the 20, what was it 18 or nine, it was probably 2018 when they had Jason Myers make the Pro Bowl and they were terrible. Um, kicking is incredibly important in the NFL when you're not a great team or you're trying to become a good team, taking three, getting those, you know, extra points, making field goals that you should make and converting drives. I think of the Dolphins game all the time at home last year, where I think they missed, they missed the first two kicks and an extra point or something. And it's like, they lose the game by three points. Well, now you're confused. Why? Um, Who do you think is going to win that kicking battle? And am I crazy that that's one of the most important things that
2: happened today? No, uh, you're, you're not crazy. And uh, I think it's kind of been glossed over the last couple of years because of how bad this team is like that just gets pushed down the line of, things of importance but you're right it is it is an important thing in this team like yeah maybe they're not a playoff team yet but I think they're trying to take strides to just being more competitive and one of those ways is by having a capable NFL kicker um of the two like I feel like both are very different right like Pinheiro feels like he is the more accurate guy from shorter distance but on the longer like he might not have the leg to hit the bombs where Zerloin's like the opposite he's the guy who can hit you the the home run the big long 57 yarder but sometimes we'll have those weird like shanks on a 37 yarder so um lean Zerloin just because of his career I know he's not the same guy that he was you know all those years ago but still overall I think he's going to end up winning this job at the end of the day um but I just I'm just hoping for consistency to be honest with you
1: yeah I just would like to see the Jets not miss an extra point to start the season and we all go back to it—the Bills game, 2019, which I felt like you know one of the biggest buzz kills of the last decade of Jets football. As much as you know, just because the optimism and 16 nothing to start the game and all that stuff, you know the the Kyiv and Garrick or have repronounced his names. Uh, you know, kicking performance that day was was brutal, and they end up losing by a point. And you know, maybe that season goes different. You never know. Um, D Ford released by the Niners. Not uh, not surprising there. I'm I'm not saying the Jets are gonna. They have enough D linemen. I know D Ford's been really underwhelming. Um, but I wouldn't shock me. If the Jets took another swing on a uh, a guy that's you know obviously been good in the past. Unfortunately, um, has not been good since 20, basically since joining the Niners. Um, has been hurt a bunch. So let's see what happens there. Um, but just a name to watch, and along with Quan and a couple other guys. The last two here. Riley Reef getting 12 and a half million dollars to play left tackle for the Bears is uh is confusing to say the least like I I thought the Jets would be interested I know they had an offer out to him but man 12 and a half million dollars for a guy that barely was a swing
2: tackle at best in the NFL seems crazy yeah I was so surprised with that's the the money that he got but I mean Chicago's just desperate man that offensive line is really really bad and you know it's it's late there's not that many options left and he was able to you know get get a pretty lucrative deal but yeah I was thinking you know maybe like half of that maybe like even cheaper than that for someone in his role like I don't remember off the top of my head what Morgan Moses got last year from the Jets One,
1: one for four
2: Right, and uh, to me, Morgan Moses is a better tackle than uh, Riley Reef is too. Yeah, so, um, I was I was stunned when I saw that number come in, but um, I'm curious to see if like someone gets cut, if the Jets maybe scoop somebody up because uh, the tackle depth uh, outside of the starters is still a little bit of a question mark to me.
1: I was just gonna say the maybe a Dwayne Brown who comes in later in camp and waits and sees, but um, yeah, more, the crazy they're even crazier is Morgan is getting three for 15 after playing well last year and being a good starter in Washington, super durable goes to Baltimore and gets like, I don't know. I just, some of the numbers that have gotten thrown around, there's always one team that kind of messes up the market. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens with the guys like Kwan and Dwayne Brown. And you know, those names Odell, I don't think he's going to sign anytime soon. Why would he? Um, Look, again, Julio might be washed, but it's still so annoying. Tom Brady just gets, yeah, all you know, Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer to come play with him. Um, before we let you go, obviously, optimism is at a full peak. So um, where are you at with, you know, kind of your expectations? Have they changed at all since the last time we talked in terms of now that we're in a camp and everyone's, you know, like all these guys are in shape and you're hearing great things about Zach? Has your expectation changed at all? Are you still kind of in that seven, eight, nine win mark?
2: Yeah, I'm trying to stay level-headed right now, which is difficult. Uh, it was I was super excited today from everything coming out of camp, but um, I've been on the eight-win mark for a while now, and I think that's kind of where they're going to end up. Um, you know, if things break right and everything clicks, they can exceed that, but there are still some weaknesses on this team. They're still a young team, um, so I think they're going to make some mistakes sometimes, especially against those really good coaches and those really good veteran teams who've just, you know, been there before. and. Um, you know, for instance, like a game early on in the year, they play Pittsburgh, which you would think, OK, yeah, they're, you know, Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. That doesn't really scare you. But going into Pittsburgh and playing Mike Tomlin, who's one of the best coaches in the game, in my opinion, is is very, very tough for a young team like this. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be, uh, unfortunately, uh, another year of some ups and downs. But I'm really hoping that they're just, you know, a, a team that's tough to play against and no one wants to play. They're a pain in the ass to deal with. Um, and you know, what, I think at least offensively, they should be a lot of fun. So I'll sign up for that because there haven't been that many years of that in uh, our Jets fandom here.
1: Yeah, no, look, I, again, I can maybe, I'll, maybe I'll change my opinion to nine wins and I'll go super optimistic and and whatever. I do think New England is going to be worse than we think, and I do think I'm not sold on what's going on in Miami. Um, I just feel as like there's a lot of a lot of hype and a lot of hoopla going around them. There's guys that. We don't know about quarterback. We have no idea about head coach. They signed one of the best left tackles in football who plays consistently 11 games a year. That defense doesn't have Brian Flores anymore. There's just a lot of stuff around there that I don't know if like they're going to be exciting and good, especially with Waddle and Hill. But, um, you know, how they're able to use them and look, the Jets roster is, is on paper pretty good outside of two or three spots. Unfortunately for the Jets, the biggest question mark is obviously quarterback, which we've talked about a million times. As much as you can have faith in Zach, um, no one really knows at this point, um, one way or another. And if you liked Zach before the draft, you still love him. And if you hated Zach before the draft, you think he's terrible and the Jets go sign Jimmy Garoppolo and and whatever. So, um, although I'm not sure that much that would really do for them. But um, yeah, no, I'm on the same page as you obviously, um, you know, make sure you're, as they are tuned into Matt's content, whether that's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, the Patreon page, just jets pod, um, a lot of stuff going on. Um, Matt, anything else you want to plug before
2: we uh, get you out of here? No, I think you covered it, man. I'm just, you know, talking jets everywhere I can, trying to keep it light, have a good time and just excited for, for uh, football to be back. Finally.
1: Yeah. Me, me as well. We'll have uh, a couple more pods this week, content week kind of coming at you hard and fast throughout the off season. I mean, throughout, you know, training camp and getting you ready for the season. Uh, Make sure you guys are subscribed to Matt stuff, subscribe to Turn the Jets, obviously on, uh, you know, on Apple, Spotify, all that. And then, you know, the Badlands, uh, Badlands Patreon feed as well. A bunch of written content for me um, will be on there uh, this month. So appreciate everybody for listening. Talk to you guys next week.